Welcome, everybody, to the Monday Call. I'm your host, Brother Frank. Glad to be back here with you. And I uh, just want to say special thanks to Brother Benjamin for the series he did on the book of Zechariah. Uh, that was just such a blessing. And, and folks, here's the thing. Nobody's asking you to believe everything anybody on this program ever teaches. But we are asking that as believers, as those who claim to be part of the remnant, that we have to be like the Bereans and actually go and study these things and see if they're right. And I'll tell you, the book, uh, the studies on Zechariah really inspired me. Um, and boy, I mean, one piece particularly really got stuck deep into me. And, and I just am so thankful for that. So folks, please go listen to that uh, four-part series on the book of uh, Zechariah. And I'll tell you, it is just a blessing. And uh, the final one, we wrapped it up in two hours, and I'll tell you what, it's worth every moment of it. So anyways, go check that out. Thank you, Brother Benjamin, for being here with us on the Remnant Call and sharing that. And um, I just want to say, I'm not going to mess around much. I want to jump in because all of you have probably seen the title of the show. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a shocking title because it is so absolutely relevant to what's happening in the body of believers today. Stabbed in the back. Yeah, it hurts. It does hurt. And I'm just going to open with a word of prayer and let's jump right in. Father, in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, your son, I ask that you'd bless this show to your honor and glory, that everything that's said on here, Lord, will be uplifting to you and that, Lord, you would shine through in your people and that you would help us to understand that there will be trials and there are sufferings and there are going to be some bad things happening. But God is here with us because I ask it all in the precious name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, folks, I would shared with you the other week about going up to that uh, teen camp that I was really a few weeks ago blessed to be a part of. And being able to see young people come forward when you make the call and and just the Lord moving in powerful ways. And I was blessed last weekend to be able to go out and see one of these uh, young people give their lives by going all the way down into the waters of baptism. And I, I was so excited because here's a young person just going under and just all that just being washed away, you know. When you go into that waters of baptism, you know, the symbolism of going down into the grave and just coming up brand new again. And I know when I got baptized, I had an experience. And, and you know, all that garbage, just see ya, it's gone. That's it. You know, the Lord forgives us, but that baptism, it's just that doing what the Lord says and just letting it get washed. It's just a beautiful thing. And so, folks, I just really am thankful to see that. And so you'd think that, you know, I'm kind of riding on a high note because that's what you live for. That's what I want to be a part of. And that is being there to watch people give their lives to Jesus. That's what I want to do. There's no greater thing. And and so you come back and you're on a high note and I get right back. And as soon as I get back, boom, somebody comes against me. And they hurt me. And they said some things that were really tough and things that were not appropriate and right. 
And and I was and I was like, man, you know, as soon as something good happens, boom, someone just hits you with that knife right in the back. And it, and it and it devastates, and it hurts. And there was folks. There was a time when I, it used to absolutely rip me apart. And and I remember this thing that I'm going through. I've actually just been going through it right now. That I remember they happened in the years past times, and and I remember when it would happen, and people would, you know, just. I don't know why their motivation always is, but they would say things that were so just absolutely harsh and, and it would just destroy me as I'm thinking, I don't want anything but the best for you. Why would you do that to me? I'm not that kind of a person who would come against you. That's not who I am. And, and it would tear me up. And, and I, I remember how bad it would literally bring me down. And so here I am coming back and it happened again. But the difference was that this time it doesn't hurt so bad. Because, see, a, a couple of years ago, I'm out mowing the grass. And I shared this once before on my show. But Brother David Murray, had that's been on the program here before, I was listening to a program of his cutting the grass and and then he was talking about our getting our value in Christ and how people love the praise of men and everything. And, you know, and I thought, man, I don't love the praise of men. I've never loved the praise of men. You know, I preach at different churches and places around. And, and you know, and, and folks, yes, I do attend a church, but I, I am not held to any man's denominational views, okay? Because if you want to know about Brother Frank, I'm going to give it to you real simply. Here's my religion. I was saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that, I keep the commandments of God and I do what he says. And I show mercy on others because God showed mercy on me. There it is in a nutshell. That's what Brother Frank believes. I believe that there's hard times coming and we're going through the tribulation. But the Lord said that he would be there with us and that he would carry us through to the very end. There you go. My theology wrapped up in a very tight package for you. But anyways, so I'm going through that and I've preached all over and done things and I never liked being at the back of the church and, you know, having people come, you know, slap you on the shoulder and add a boy and everything like that. But, you know, over time, you know, you kind of, if they don't say add a boy, you start thinking, wow, I really, uh, maybe that didn't go very well for me. And, and, but, you know, kind of, I'm humble. I don't like that kind of stuff. And I never thought I had a problem with the praises of men. I thought that was never an issue until I'm mowing the grass and through that program, the Lord literally broke through. I'm trying to get your attention and it hit me like a ton of bricks. See, I had been riding around on the mower in this utter pity party because people were making false accusations against me, saying all kinds of horrible things that just flat out were not true. And, and I'd forgotten that, you know, that when we sign on for this thing called following Jesus, that there would be those who would hate us. And, and I forgot that there would be through much, much tribulation shall we enter the kingdom. And I was just so sucked up in my pity party because I hadn't done anything wrong and that they would do something like this to me. And the Lord broke through so hard and revealed to me that day that, Frank, you love the praises of men. 
because the moment I didn't have it, I was devastated. And God woke me out of my absolute slumber that I had a serious issue in my life. I loved the praises of men. So I've been, you know, 19 years since I got converted from my life of drugs and everything this past March, and the Lord saved my life and marriage in one day, and it was an amazing miracle. And But it took me 17 years to learn how to get my value from the Lord. See, the reason I, I love the praises of men because it was in the praises of men that I became who I was because that is where I got my value from. Now, I never said that. I didn't think I believed that. But sure enough, that was my gospel because when it wasn't happening, I was devastated. And the Lord began me down a new journey on how to get my value from God and folks it changed my life because now I was not held to the bondage of what men or women said about me because they did not dictate who I was any longer but that doesn't mean that it still doesn't hurt sometimes that doesn't mean that we still don't suffer pain but I can tell you it doesn't hurt like it used to because I hear the emails and the testimonies that come in from people. There are so many of you out there that you are literally suffering right now. You've had a burden to share with your family, with your friends, with your church members about the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, that things are going to get bad. We need to be prepared. We need to be living right. We need to be doing what the Lord says. And you've been called a whack job, a kook, or, or you, you know, some nutso tinfoil hat, you know, conspiracy theorist, or just an alarmist. And it breaks your heart. And yet sometimes it's not just those in general, it's the family members that destroy us. And those who we thought were our closest brothers and sisters in Jesus that sometimes and most often do us the dirtiest. And it literally tears us apart. And it hurts like nothing. Just It's hard to understand. And so we forgot we forget what happened to Jesus because so often when this happens, we're like, why God? And we forget, well, why not? Because God had the same things happen to him. You know, it, it, it's amazing. And I want to read a scripture that not a lot of people are, are actually even aware of. You know, Isaiah 52 says something about Jesus that is so utterly profound. It says in verse 14, as many were as a stone eat at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man in his form, more than the sons of men. So this Bible, the Bible is talking about Jesus right here. You can read on it. It's about the Lord right before the famous Isaiah 53. And it's saying that he was beaten so bad that it literally changed his physical appearance. And we wonder why maybe he wasn't recognized after his resurrection or on the road, um, you know, with the two on the road. And, you know, why, why Jesus wasn't recognized? Maybe because he was beaten so utterly bad he didn't look the same. And so here the Lord was beaten, crucified, worse than any man. 
And, 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 and the reason he did it, see, I mean, imagine here, you're God, right? You send your son because you love the world. That's, but while they were yet sinners, undeserving, unmerited, people who were totally vile, disgusting, backslidden, didn't deserve one ounce of grace, you send your son to heal them. And so here comes Jesus, setting the captives free, freeing people from demons, you know, setting people free from illnesses and sick, all these different things, healing, giving sight to the blind, you know, letting the lame walk again, raising the dead, all these things. And yet they beat him worse than any man. And we get stuck in this little episodes here where somebody does us wrong and we're devastated. And we forget what happened to the Lord? See, the Bible said he was beaten and he was worse than any man, but he knew that in Isaiah 53 that, that he was going to be despised and he was rejected. And yes, he was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. The Lord didn't come down here and get to stay at the Holiday Inn and relax at the spa. No, he suffered and he was a man of many sorrows. The Bible says his own people hid their faces from him and despised him and esteemed him not. And so here the Lord still carries our griefs and our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, not for someone else's, but for what we did. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we, you, are healed. See, Jesus comes to this earth to do good. They hung him on a cross. They beat him worse than anybody because he knew that you were so valuable that he was willing to endure the sufferings of cross for the prize that was laid up before him. He thought you were worth it because he valued you. And we read the Bible about being renewed and cleansed and, and, and how we've been washed and, and, and how we, we've been, you know, about being born again in a new heart and, and all these wonderful things. And, and the Lord is talking about being redeemed. And yet we live this unredeemed, unbelieving lifestyle that gets our value from people. And as soon as someone does something wrong with, we are absolutely crucified inside of ourselves because we've gotten our value from people and the lord came and even though it hurt him he was not here for himself see the only way that jesus could keep this mission going forward because this is tortured suffering like we've never experienced is because he didn't get his value he was not here for him he was here for what his father wanted and he was here because he desired you he wanted to be with you he cared about you but he's not here to give himself pleasure he was here to make a change and it was worth it no matter what happened and folks sometimes those people that come against you those those trials that God is teaching you and, and refining you because he wants to make you into that creature that totally depends upon him for everything. And sometimes we're so upset when God allows us to suffer or be stabbed in the back or maybe we're the ones doing the backstabbing. Yeah, because folks, see, that's the real danger that believers have today. It's that self-righteous 
backstabbing that we do. Oh, please, we need to pray for brother such and such because of this sin or sister so and so because of this thin, sin. And it's nothing but gossip formed in the realm, uh, in the in the realm of a prayer. But really what it is is backstabbing because you didn't have the courage to go talk to them to their face, but instead you destroyed them to somebody else and now somebody does it to you and you're destroyed and yet many people do the exact same things for which they're calling out and saying, God, why me? You cannot trust your heart in these days, folks. And so here we are. We're, we're in this bad state. And we forgot that Jesus hanging there on the cross, looking down at those who he came and died for, those who were undeserving and and instead of calling down like the sons of thunder you know fire from heaven or lightning and and destroying the wind he says father forgive them for they know not what they do And, and so often as soon as our brother or sister does us wrong we're sitting there crying the same thing except we're saying father They know what they've done and they deserve what they're going to get because so often we are ready to call down fire from on high when somebody dares do us wrong. And we forgot the Bible said that through much tribulation shall you enter the kingdom of heaven. If they hated you, they hated him first. That day you were going to have trials because you signed up to follow Jesus And instead of getting offended, we should remember that the Lord suffered and died for us. And when we get backstabbed, we don't have to worry about it because we don't get our value anymore from people. See, so many of us, we want to be a part of the remnant. We want to be a part of that last days group that are we're following what the Lord says we're doing what we're living we're sold out we're ready you know we're preparing for the end times we're we're getting ourselves right with God because we're learning more of his word we know we can't stand on his own we must be on our own we must be sold out to Jesus and so here the remnant are and we forget that when the remnant the Bible says something so specific about it it says in the revelation the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. You see folks the remnant are involved in a fight for their life. The devil is angry with the remnant and wants to kill them. They are involved in a spiritual warfare that tests them often to the very core. And that means that many people, you will get stabbed in the back. You will be done dirty. And that's because the devil is wroth. But what is your response back to that person? Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Or is your response drop the wrath from on high? See, in Psalm 34, this is, this is what the Bible says, because many are suffering and wondering, God, why? Why is this happening? And the Lord says in Psalm 34, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and deliver them out of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and save as such should be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. See, God hears your cry. He knows your suffering. He does. This is he's not woke up all of a sudden this morning and said, oh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know that that was going to happen to one of my dear children. No, the Lord's right there. He's like, listen, I'm going through the same things. 
I feel your pain. They hate me and they hate you. And you're shocked because you're being stabbed in the back or you're being wounded and gossiped about. And the Lord said, you signed up for this. They're going to give you the same treatment they gave me. But see, the remnant, they remember the words of the psalmist when he said, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save such of a contrite spirit. And when they're in this brokenness and in these trials and they're in these things feeling like, Lord, why? No, instead of wondering why, Lord, there's like, no, God is near me right now. He understands my struggles. He understands my suffering. And if I can suffer for a moment for Christ, then so be it. The remnant are not a high-minded people, folks, but they're compassionate people who see their own failures and they share their struggles with their brethren. See, the remnant don't tear each other apart. When someone does them wrong, they don't crucify those who they claim that they love. They don't look with a critical spirit upon everyone and everything that they see. They believe Paul's words when he said, In lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. The remnant look at each other as better than themselves. They esteem one another better than themselves because each person sees as servant unto the other. We're here to serve. Not to be served. And instead of looking at themselves, they see how short they have fallen. And with absolute need for God's grace, they have compassionate eyes upon their brothers and sisters. And out of compassion and love, they desire to help and encourage and realize that without Jesus, folks, it's all over. It's lost. See, the remnant recognize that if God is willing to show mercy on them, that they also must show mercy on others, even those who stab them in the back. There's a sense of brokenness among kindred spirits that understand and share each other's pain. The love that they show towards each other in the, na- in the same love Christ shows towards his church because they understand God's heart. The remnant understand, folks, that the sufferings of Jesus and they feel God's heart. The devil tries to throw them into the furnace, but all they see is one who looks like the Son of God. Many of us hear this, that hear this, we, 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 we forget so often that the Lord is near us when we're in the midst of our tribulation. And God hears the remnant cry. You know, and this is what he says. Isaiah 41 10 fear thou not for I am with thee be not dismayed for I am thy God I will strengthen thee yea I will help thee yea I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness God's not leaving us alone folks in the middle of our pain and our suffering and even those I know many of you it's from your own family and it really hurts but it's when you're in the furnace of affliction that we have to stop looking outside at those who are turning up the flames hotter and hotter we've got to look over because there's one standing there and his appearance is as the son of God And he's right there with you in the furnace. But the good news is, is that the remnant are victorious. Yes, folks, 
Yes, you're going to be stabbed. You're going to have some trouble. You're going to have some hard time. But victory is here. It's coming. Listen to what the Revelation 12, 7 starts. It says, there's war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Folks, the devil doesn't get to rule heaven. He's done. He can't win. He's cast out. And the great dragon was cast out. The old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night and the Bible says this folks because the devil is after you day and night. But here's what happens to you that are suffering. They're you that are going through the Bible says and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. You see, folks, in your trials, in your suffering, in everything that's going on, the Bible says that you will overcome, not through your strength, but because of the blood of the Lamb, you will overcome. It says they overcame because of what was done for them, the blood of Jesus that was shed. The remnant, folks, they're broken. They're tried, they're afflicted, they're persecuted for their beliefs, and they're called kooks and wax and weirdos. But you know what? They haven't been perfect themselves. They've not always been the best parents. They've not always been the best husbands or wives. They've not always been the best to their brothers and sisters. They've even backslidden in times. But the Bible says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. They didn't give up. They kept pressing in. They understood that they have been forgiven much, and them who they who have been forgiven much, they love much. They're tried in this world, and all the failures that come with it, earthly pleasures no longer satisfy. They only want Jesus. Just give me Jesus, the remnants say. You can have it all. You can have your stuff. Just give me Jesus. I have nothing good to offer. I am a complete wreck at times. But God, I hear your knock. Come in, Lord. Just give me Jesus. Folks, God understands the trial that you're going through right now. The, the Lord understands what the, what the enemy has done. And, and folks, it, it all, when it's all said and done and, and judgment day comes and God goes and throws the, the, the devil and all of the wicked into where they deserve, into the pit. And the Bible says he doesn't even like doing it because he loves people and he loves mercy. And God has mercy on you. That person that's persecuting you, pray for him. That person that's called you bad names, pray for him. And that person that you framed in self-righteous uh, persecution yourself through your framed-up prayer requests and gossip, stop it. And remember the mercy that the Lord has had on you. There's going to be so much struggles in this world. And there's going to be some backstabbings. And yes, it will hurt. But there is one in the furnace. And he has the appearance of the Son of God. Because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And in your brokenness, in the contriteness of your spirit, the Lord draws nigh. This is Brother Frank with the Remnant Call saying, Good night and Shalom. 
Trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion. 